We are back to yet another episode of Boss Your Business. And today I'm being joined by Trent Stonehouse. You overcame early hearing challenges um, early on. Luckily, that was able to be taken care of. I want to hear more about that. Um, and you began your entrepreneurial journey at 18 when you founded Burstlock, a successful successful digital marketing agency. Welcome to my brain twister at 27 and you're using your experience to establish that remote ceo academy that you are running offering actual strategies for business growth as well as being known for your innovation in team building delegation and systems automation guys if you're still wondering why i have him on today what what are we what are we even doing what are we even doing? <laughs> And you are also an aspiring speaker, dedicated consultant, and empowering fellow entrepreneurs. Now, systems automation, we already know why I brought you on. Right. However, for everybody that's listening, you know what always is going to be the first question, guys. <laughs> How did you get here? Especially this whole hearing loss in your young age. I'm like... Hmm. It's it's interesting. That was an interesting piece for me when I read your bio because I here and there have that moments where I was working with uh, the hearing impaired community where it's like mm -hmm. I can't even imagine the only thing I'm hearing is my own voice. Mm -hmm. So how how did that come about and how has it impacted you? Um, that was a really you know difficult time. My earlier developing years. I was born deaf. Uh, I had only 30% of my hearing, my left, and uh, and uh, was 100% gone pretty much in my right. Um, and it's funny, my mom had no idea that I was actually deaf. And so she thought I was just doing baby talk until I was like five years old. And she thought it's just the cutest thing ever. And the doctor pulls her in. And like I was in the doctor like, five years old. She's like, he's like, I'm seriously concerned about trying. I can't understand him. I think, I think he's got a hearing problem. I think he might be deaf. And so we go in sure enough, that's what happened. I guess my earlobes and stuff didn't like develop properly. I had to get tubes in my ear. And so that set me back a lot because I was like watching mouths for the longest time. That's how I was like kind of learning everything. I still struggled to like pronounce words still to this day, but um, I was in ESL through elementary school, high school, English second language, right? Meanwhile, I'm a born Canadian citizen. English is my first language, the only language I speak. And, uh, meanwhile, I'm in ESL, ESL. So I had all that, like, I was getting bullied a lot. It was really hard for me to kind of, kind of like, just get through life. Like I was like always kind of, you know, that target for kids and, uh, and then there was just that struggle trying to catch up. So I thank God for my parents. They, you know, they got me a tutor, helped me, you know, overcome that. So I was working uh, with like teachers after school too a lot. So that's kind of how I caught up. And then, um, then here we are. I kind of just gone to the entrepreneurial space. Um, kind of so started that you journey. you went right into the entrepreneurial at eighteen. Was that kind of always like the? Uh, I identify with, don't, don't tell me what the fuck to do. I'm, I'm my own boss. Right. So 
was that kind of the reason you went into entrepreneurial or just the making things work because it's like that's kind of the story of your early life making things work what what brought you in I mean, I think I relate to you on that as well. Like, hey, I'm my own boss. Don't fucking tell me what to do kind of thing. So I definitely relate to that 100%. Um, but I, it kind of fell on me because I'm, I'm a big nerd. So, you know, I, obviously I like systems. I think, you just, know, just probably a have bit. a little bit of nerd in you too, right? But, oh, uh, hell yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a right? nerd recovering nerd. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nerd. So like hell I was yeah. all about like World of Warcraft, uh, like League of Legends, that kind of stuff. And so I got into um, the live streaming space on Twitch TV, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube. I had uh, 30,000 subscribers, 6 million views. Did that in about 24 months. Yeah, and I was um, probably one of the best in the game I was playing. And uh, why did I call that early entrepreneurship? Because of building that following. So I learned a lot about social media. Yeah. And I learned about how to edit videos all at the ripe age of like 17, 18 years old. And then I was signed to a talent agency, a big one called BBTV. And they're actually based in Vancouver, Canada. And they signed me up and I was working underneath them for a long time before you could actually earn ad revenue independently mm-hmm. on YouTube. You had to go through an agency. And so I was going, working through them. So I'm, I'm early days of Twitch oh and early God, days yes. of YouTube. So that's how I got started. So I kind of just went in that way. And then it kind of just one thing after another developed into a business. This is this is why we get along. Oh my god, I remember the old days when YouTube pay TV started. We had clients mm. that we got on. You know, we didn't. How much streaming did we have at that time? And it's like YouTube was just like, yeah, let's become the new TV channel and charge for charge for episodes and that kind of stuff. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like those are early, early days. And so that kind of just led from there. And then um I was like, I can go bigger, started a video production company, worked with car dealerships doing that. And then um and then I'm like a squirrel brain. So I got a new idea. I'm like, oh let's do that. Grab it, grab it, grab it, go, go, go. <laughs> right. And then uh I had this genius idea. Well, it worked and then it didn't, but um, I, uh, I started an influencer platform, uh, in a sense that we were helping Twitch streamers earn ad revenue, um, through their live streams. Cause back in the day on Twitch, you couldn't earn ad revenue unless you were partnered with the platform. It didn't matter if you had thousands and thousands of live viewers, you had to be partnered with the platform. And so people are missing out on thousands of dollars of ad revenue. So mm-hmm. I brought, brought this platform in that anyone could watch an ad to support you at any time that they want. And it was right underneath the broadcast. And that thing went viral, 12 months. 12 months, we had 100,000 daily users on the platform and we had 6,000 influencers using it. So it blew up. I went to the moon, we all wanna go to the moon. We're gonna move and I went to the moon, but I had no breaks and I hit that moon and I I blew up to a million pieces. Um, Got shut down by Google right when I was in the middle of trying to close a deal with Tencent and uh verizon so that was a really depressing time for me and then so google uh, shuts you down yeah we we got blacklisted so i'd have to do a whole rebranding and everything lose all my progress i was pretty much put all my savings forty thousand dollars into it i was like i'm not doing this again and yeah 
So what did you do then? Because I'm like, just, just look at the energy. You you will not get bored on the couch. So yeah, I mean, uh, there I was just like beating my head on a wall, and I was just like, oh my god, I probably would not have been an entrepreneur unless if it wasn't for my mentor at that time. It wasn't even my mentor called me up, became my mentor, but he's like, Trent, you are great with social media, great at making videos, great at getting like attention. I want you to come do some marketing for my company. I'm like, sweet. How much you pay? And he's like, no, no, you're gonna, you're gonna start your own business. I'll be your first client. I'm like, okay, so let's do it. And so I started that up after that massive failure, and uh, you know, people loved it. And so I made a digital marketing agency out of it. And uh, yeah, last year we helped our clients generate over fifty million dollars, and we are, yeah, we got it's a seven figure agency. I probably spend one to five hours a week on it maybe now and so i've really built it into something incredible that i'm proud of and uh perseverance kids that's what that's what's all about <laughs> uh, yeah the only reason why people make it is because they stick with it yeah. um having said that i want to dive a little bit deeper into this into this agency so i'm assuming mm. you started out boots on the ground you're doing the thing Oh, I was broke as shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I just went through a $40,000 failure. So. I love it. Guys, did you just hear that? Because we always just see the good things. We always just see the travel at the end of the horizon when things are taking off and things are great. No, we all hit walls. We all hit moments where it's like shit is just hitting the fan. And this is the reason why the podcast is always marked explicit. Um, where there is moments, there is moments where we took a risk, things worked out great. And the universe is just like, fuck you. This is not your path. You're going somewhere else. I love that you're, uh, you're using colorful language because I use the same and I'm not sure if I'm ever good to go. So like, uh, all right. You are all good to go. All we are right. cursing on the YouTube. Everything is always marked explicit. Okay. We're always, awesome. always a little bit careful right in the beginning because we do live stream to YouTube. So guys, if you are producing a podcast, if you are producing content, be careful in the beginning. Don't drop the F-bomb completely <laughs> spoken out that often. <laughs> Yeah. YouTube does YouTube does let you, but if you want to make some ad money, you need to cut it down. So now we always have an explicit podcast. I love it. So okay. back to the topic, though, so that we can throw a couple more F-bombs in. <laughs> you start out boots on the ground. You start oh, yeah. out, I'm the entrepreneur. I am the agency right now. How did you make the path from I'm broke AF to... I'm traveling, which guys we will talk about. Yeah. How, what was that process? What's, what was that path? And how long did it take you? Yeah. I mean, it took me, questions. you know, probably took me a solid 12 months to start making a solid revenue from it. Probably, uh, I got about 12 months. It took me to get it. Like I went slow at it, like, but it took me about 12 months to start making like maybe 10 grand a month something like that. Um, and so I, I wasn't the quickest up and coming thing. Cause again, I had to move so slow cause I was kind of put myself in a, in a tight spot, but I, uh, I, I kind of just, uh, had a lot of focused on my reputation and on my service that I was providing. And that kind of carried me where people would just naturally start referring me. My clients became my sales team because mm -hmm. I was doing such a great job at the at what I was doing. But not only that, where a lot of people screw up, 
is that they start thinking about, oh, I need more business. I need more clients. I need more clients. But actually, the lesson I learned from my last startup was if you want to go fast, you got to go slow the fuck down. And then what I did is I brought my attention to, hey, going deeper into those relationships with my clients. And so, in fact, I got a real estate client. He started off paying me 400 bucks a month. I went, dived really deep into that relationship. And now he's paying me four grand a month, right? He evolved over time and he's referred business to me, right? So I, instead I, I instead of just going like up, I kind of like spanned it out and like worked within what I had built already. And it just kept bringing me more and more business. Um, and so that's kind of how I accomplished all of that. Like, honestly, uh, we do all, I've spent maybe five grand on ads over four, three, four years with this agency. So, yeah. Yeah. So how does life look like now? Uh, yeah. With, with what we're doing at the first look agency, it's awesome. Like, like I said, it's one, one to five, five hours a week. Maybe I'm putting towards it. Sometimes I'll put more if I want to, but that's pretty much it. Right. And so I built it to a place where I wasn't, really needed. And that's just all about leverage. Business is just leverage, right? At the end of the day too. And so you can get leverage through systems or you get leverage through building a team, right? Hiring people, other people's time. And uh, yeah, I just built an extraordinary team and they execute on what we have to do. What do you do nowadays in your business? What's, what's your, what's your focus? What's your job in the business? Yeah. For the most part, it's, you know, looking at what we're currently doing, um, and seeing if I can, um, you know, bring any kind of new value in terms of, Hey, how are we managing people? I became more of like, it's more of like becoming great at managing people. That's how you, that's like high level stuff. And then I brought on a business partner who kind of, uh, manages the, the relationships and networking and sales kind of aspect of things now. But, um, that's my role for the most part. And you can see like, not really a lot needed. I have a general manager, two project managers, and then underneath them are two different teams. And so, um, yeah, a lot of it's just kind of like looking at things. For example, I just built a new system where it's, um, how it's like a, a star chart for all of our employees. So we can identify who's performing, who's got a potential to be a star and who is under, uh, underperforming. If you are not a rising star or a star in our company, you are considered underperforming. Um, and so um, we built a whole system that shows you our company company pillars, our, our values, basically what I value. Mm -hmm. And I laid those all out. We built it on Airtable. Great platform. If you're not familiar with it, yeah. anyone listening, definitely get on Airtable, check it out. And what happens is, um, we kind of gamified it. Everyone's got little card views and, uh, and it shows you in front of everyone who's a star, who's a rising star and who needs to step it up or get off the bus. And so that's something I just recently developed, but like, that's it. Like kind of just looking at how can we refine things? Yeah. So that's what, my, what I'm doing now. Now I'm curious. Do you also have a structure internally to support the team members that are not a rising star where it's like, okay, what, what is the issue? Why, why are you there? What can we do? What can we not do? Do you have something for that too? Yeah, absolutely. So like what I love about an employee star chart, and I really encourage everyone to do it, um, have some sort of thing like that, that visually your 
team can see is because it, it implements a psychological uh, like a psychological process in, mm -hmm. uh, in your team. So when you expose to everyone and everyone can see who's a star, who's a rising star, who's got to step it up, people are going to individually start to level themselves up. It's called positive workplace peer pressure. Um, and so it's a psychological thing. And so people will either step up or they're going to feel exposed and they're going to be like, I'm out. And then you know who to get rid of, right? Because they're slowing you down anyways. And now so, I'm curious because some of some of those pieces sound quite familiar to me. Are you running the company on a specific framework on a specific system for that matter? So why I'm asking because what popped in my head is the EOS system. Hmm. Um, the the star chart and the approach to your values on everything is sounds similar to what the us system is doing for example mm. so i was curious if you are just if you are just following your gut which mm -hmm. the eos system for that matter is a logical framework when when i read the book through it i'm like all makes sense mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. all know that it just puts it nicely into a frame but i was curious if this is an evolution of growing the agency or if you have looked into different business frameworks and system, how other people run their leadership and their, their team management. Definitely learning these things over time. Um, it was in like kind of implementing how I interpreted those things. So like good to great was a great book for me. The power of people skills by Trevor Thrones uh, really introduced a lot of these kind of psychological things to me um, and how to build a, a winning team for sure. Um, how we look and hold people accountable is strictly on our values, but more so my values. Because what you, we need to understand as business owners is you're the culture of the company. You are. If people don't jive with you, they got to probably go, okay? And so what's happening here is what I looked at for my company pillars was I didn't want something that was going to be some big badge on the screen. And when people walk into our office and say, that's you guys. No, no. It's literally what we hold our staff to. And mm -hmm. so I looked at what pissed me off. And number one was, if you're not proactive, do are you going to just leave things and be wait to be told or are you going to be proactive? So that's one of the pillars that we judge you on. Second one is, um, are you communicating? How's your communication? Are you leaving fires? Are you telling us when things are going on? Are you trying to hide shit? That's mm -hmm. like, you know. Next one is, is uh, that we use is um, basically... I'm trying to remember off the call here, but we have like five. And uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to spill them all out right here. Boom. It's uh, you know, like, I, I like it when people are like, uh, hey, they, they, like, what is it? Like, uh, hold on. I got it right here. I got a part here. Another uh, one, accountable. Am I going to bed knowing that the task is going to be done? Or am I thinking that, oh my God, and I'm sweating about this person. Are they not accountable, right? And then how's their attention to detail? And then are they difficult, right? Um, are they are they a pain in the ass, right? What's their pain in the ass level? And I kind of rate everything, every single one of them on a one to five. One Guys, five. What if you are just listening to the podcast, what you are not seeing is I'm smirking over here because our values are really similar. Okay. Communication is my first value where I'm like, we all have our things. 
shit happens. I am working with a lot of neurodivergent. We all have a tongue twister today. Neurodivergent people, where it's like there is ADHD involved, there is anxiety involved, and everything. I have meltdowns where I literally just take two days off and I don't leave the couch. And I mm. honor that, but it takes five seconds to send me a message and let the team know that you're going to be out for two days so that we can pick up the slack. If that communication doesn't happen, we got a problem. Um, and if it's if it happens in that moment or doesn't happen in that moment, the same is going to happen throughout the day. So clear communication and open communication, done. So important. Same thing where it's like, we are testing a lot of stuff. I'm like, right now, especially with content, it's the easiest ex to explain where it's like, we are working on omnipresence. Every single short form video on all three platforms going out every single day. We are testing stuff. Mm -hmm. Same with my team. Go test, go do. Mm -hmm. Go mm -hmm. play. There is no guilt, but we need to be accountable for the things we do and then mm -hmm. look at the data and adjust accordingly. Nobody is perfect, yeah. but you need to stick up to that. It's like if I fuck up with my clients, I have to be accountable for it, but my clients also have to be accountable for the stuff that they screw up. So I love all of those values. They're like really closely aligned to what we do too. So yeah. some people might have different values too. And like, I would say to anyone, if you're like, well, what would my values be? Just think like what pisses you off <laughs> straight up. The, in, the interesting thing is that, that I have realized with my fellow entrepreneurs as well as clients, um, there is often also quote what we think our values are. You can easily find your values of just what pisses you off and what do you need in a relationship. Mm now what i also do what i often what, what we are starting to implement also with the team is my nlp value elicitation where we have a process that happens really fast so that we do not listen to the frontal lobe but we actually go into the unconscious mind mm. where it's like based in different areas um there is a quick little process it's like whichever area you want to take care of takes half an hour and i can give you the five to 10 top values that are sitting in here mm -hmm. for how we make decisions. And it mm -hmm. was really interesting the first time I actually done that for me, where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. it explained why I'm making certain decisions or why certain patterns keep repeating themselves because I got that value in there that says, oh, you're going to do this because you actually want that and not that thing. Mm -hmm. So that has been interesting and has actually funneled a lot also into our business values where I'm like, okay, I know what I need for me to be able to run and, and do the business and be excited about it and not burn myself out to, to also get energy back from the business. And just combining those has, yeah, has definitely been a game changer. I love it. I love it. That's, that sounds great. Like, because honestly, we do, we do really need to figure those things out as business owners. And one thing I want to say, you know, since this is all about systems, right? Your audience is here to learn that a good system that I've implemented is tying in Slack with a, a tool called GeekBot. Now, I saw that. So tell me about GeekBot because I have not heard about oh that God. one yet. And I ha why do I have a feeling that's AI? 
Okay, so Geekbot is not AI, but it is a phenomenal tool for you to pull out information from your staff. It can become your end of day and end of week um, reports from your staff. So what happens is what we've done, we set up a bunch of different Slack channels, but there's um, a Slack channel that just says end of day reports and end of week. And so what happens is Geekbot messages all of your staff individually, privately and says, hey, how are you feeling today? What clients have you been working on? What, why you've been working on these things? What's important about them? What are some challenges you might be facing? Anything going on personally in your life that we that might be getting in your way? We ask those questions and at the end of each day, they get hit with it. They fill it out and it goes into that Slack room and we're able to see what someone's worked on every day. We're able to know if they're wanting a raise, all these kind of things. And so that way we can keep retention. We can know when someone's kind of fallen off a little bit and so we can help them out and pick them up. And so it's a great tool to use to kind of uh, collect and communicate with your staff without you having to go directly to them. It saves you that meeting, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's a great tool and you can use it for so much more too. Um, I could talk about how we use it for meetings and all of that, but yeah. What a, I, I will be definitely digging into GeekBot, but I know you guys are also using a whole bunch of other tools. So what are, what are some of those tools and processes that allow you to run your agency now? Oh yeah. Well, there's nothing I couldn't do. Like, okay. Our, our Holy Trinity is definitely a sauna, Slack and Airtable. Those that's our holy holy trinity. We and guys, you did not you just you did not hear the Asana word. You did not. No, I'm just joking. No, you don't like Asana. You like Monday or? No, it's like my YouTube channel is all ClickUp based. Um, no, it's it's fine. Asana was actually the reason why I discovered ClickUp back in the day. I got so mad with them. (laughs) However, did they finally release the multi assignee feature, or can you still just yeah 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 you can you can add collaborators collaborators but there's still like a main assignee really yeah really you asana. know you got a really there. asana yeah, yeah we'll we'll, yeah. we'll not we'll not start the asana click up discussion now click. i always i we always have fun with that we always have yeah. fun with that my audience knows the best tool is the one you actually use mm-hmm. but i couldn't i couldn't miss up on the on the chance of okay just... give me give me some credit here because listen to this before <laughs> using sauna i was using google keep all right that's that's that was like early days. That's embarrassing. Uh, well, that's embarrassing. And then I leveled up. I'm like, oh, sauna seems cool, and I just stuck with it. Now, now, ClickUp. now we just got to move you over to ClickUp. That's all. That's all it is. We just <laughs> yeah. need to move you over to ClickUp. There you go. Problem yeah, solved. Like you, you built everything <laughs> onto a sauna. Like everything, every kind of part of our department's on there, and it integrates with Slack. And for example, when our sales team. When there's a client that's about to renew, it alerts us. Asana alerts us in our Slack channel to our sales team. If someone's churned or we lost the client, it alerts us in that specific channel. If there's a new client onboarded, we get alerted in that specific channel all into Asana, right? And so we're just like, boom, boom, picking up everything and we need. That what it comes down to is like the, t- the best tool to use is the one you actually use. However, guys, if you are listening and you are a ClickUp user, that's possible on ClickUp too. Boom. I'll stop talking about Sana. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, you you are totally fine. It's just yeah. I love that banter between tools. Again, yeah. in the end, seriously, seriously, as much as I love ClickUp, I'm I will never force somebody 
to come to the dark side because again <laughs> it doesn't matter what's the best camera you're going to use your damn iphone because you have it with you yeah. all the time what's the best microphone you're going to use the one you actually got to plug in right it's it's always <laughs> the best tool to use is the the best tool mm. for you is the one you actually use that's what it comes down to absolutely um so you said now that i got to play around a little bit you oh. guys are using asana Airtable and Slack. Are there a couple other ones or is that pretty much what keeps the business running? Yeah. I mean, we use things like active campaign for like all of our emails, marketing, all that kind Same of stuff. Here. Yeah. Active campaign. You can't go wrong with it. The data, the data yeah. and the flows and everything. It just integrates so seamlessly. I, I left active campaign for a little while there mm. for a lifetime deal and I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. Welcome the back. deep data integration <laughs> and everything it's just yeah yeah uh you know you actually you know what a tool that we use that not a lot of people know about um well, maybe they do know about it and i'm just like thinking i've got the secret sauce over here but it's called syfe c-y-f-e and that's by traject the, the the company do you know syfe it's the dashboard yeah. Okay. So you know it. Like I'm like thinking I'm sitting on some secret sauce here. No, it's, great, it's but, like, it. It is not as well known as it should be. I just happen to dig into dashboards and and I love data. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's like on oh, my 100%. personal stuff, I follow my gut. But when it comes down to business, the only thing that makes for a serious decision and a clear decision is data. It's numbers. 100%. You cannot be in a, a business owner and doing, I feel, or I think it's got to be like data driven decisions. You got to have systems for pretty much everything. If you don't, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, and you can't scale. Mm, it's yes. there, there is. And no matter if you want to keep your business or if you want to sell your business, you're going to work yourself off and crazy and burn yourself out if you don't have systems behind it because you're going to be sitting here and what do I do, need to do next? And you can't offhand. You're mm -hmm. suddenly going to spend three times the amount of time hiring somebody and, and getting them into the system because you got to teach them. Then they try to do and remember and then you got to fix it again because you don't have it written down. Yeah, yeah we are. Guys, uh, you're speaking my language. I like, I, you know, I, I saw your YouTube channel. I'm like, yeah, I got to connect. Cause like, uh, you're speaking my language here. Cause number one, like, you, you, like, it's not, it's not difficult setting these things up or learning it. It might like whenever we see systems or a lot of people see some kind of, oh, I got to set up this tool and I have no, I'm not tech savvy. A lot of today, you don't have to be that tech savvy and just sit down and do the work. If you plan on doing this long run, like, you know, like, you know what the interesting thing is? And guys, simply because we are on the topic, it's the thing that I literally regularly, 95% of the time run into when it comes to ClickUp. ClickUp is really versatile. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you manually have to set up rather than something like Asana where the structure is more rigid than what it is in ClickUp. It's a blessing and a curse, but believe me, when clients come to me and they are like, oh my God, ClickUp is so crazy. I already know exactly what's happening. They don't have their system down. And where I'm going with this, guys, is you don't have to know all the technology. You don't have to do all the things. The thing is your technology is going to become way easier no matter what you use when you actually know what the hell you want to do. And the only thing 
to know what you need to do is having your systems and your workflows down. You mm -hmm. can take that anywhere. Yep. hundred percent. Like, I love that you're saying this too, is like, you just have to know what you're wanting. Like, what's that? What do you need? That's the biggest thing. What do you need? And if you don't have it in you to build it out yourself or figure out what platform to use, hire someone. And if you're like, oh, I can't hire someone. Well, hire from maybe the Philippines. That's where I do all my hiring. That's a whole nother journey. But like we have like 20 employees and they're all offshore for pretty much. And, you know, they build a lot of systems for me now. I just kind of tell them what I want and they go kind of build it. But Yep. But it's like, again, it comes back down again to they are not going to know what they need to build if you don't know what you need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's Absolutely. like hiring somebody to build a website, but you don't know what needs to be on it. It's the same, same damn <laughs> yeah. thing, guys. Yeah, exactly. However, again, there is people out there that have done this. There is people out there like Trent, who is running the agency, uh, me with stuff where we know what questions we need to ask for you to figure out what you actually need. Yeah. Because even though we all want systems, we all want processes, one big thing for me is, yeah, you can copy my stuff, don't get me wrong, but you are thinking differently than I'm thinking. I'm right. a creative, but still type A, whereas other people think a little bit different and you can take that process, but you need to adjust it to how you actually work and what you mm. want to do. So yeah, there, there is another soapbox of mine where it's like, great, you can go get some templates and some processes out there, but there is not one solution that fits all. You always need to polish it and actually make it yours. A hundred percent, right? You got to you gotta work within your means too, right? But, you know, that's why I brought up Scythe because I thought like, hey, let, you know, know your numbers. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good platform, but even a better one than that one is uh, Plecto. You could check out too. Plectos are like another great, Dashboard. How do you spell that? Um, actually, yeah, P-L-E-C-T-O, plecto.com. Something like that. Guys, yeah. as always, you know, it's I will we'll figure it out. I'll check the link and it will be in the description. Now, with figuring out your own path and your own things, you have some goodies for the audience on figuring out your applicant's strengths and weaknesses. So you Ooh. got a little bit goody for the audience when they are ready to hire. Oh, absolutely. You know, when it comes down to hiring, first question, you know, one of the biggest questions is like, who? Who? Right? And, and for uh, what? Yeah, right? And uh, the big thing here is we got to figure out what you're, who you are first, mm. right? You got to figure out yourself. And actually, I had a client um, – He's, his name's actually, shout out to him, Agent DK. He's one of the top producing real estate agents out in uh, Toronto. Um, and uh, the guy's a beast. And he was saying to his uh, team the other day, uh, or he was giving a talk and he was just like saying, um, you know, he didn't start really excelling until he figured out what his personality type was, right? He talked a lot. He was like that influential type. So he's like out there just talking a lot to blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't slowing down and listening to his clients. And so once he learned that, oh, hey, yeah, those are my strengths. Oh yeah, those are my weaknesses. He was mm -hmm. conscious of it. And so he then didn't let those weaknesses overtake him. And now he knows, hey, maybe when you hire, you can hire to fill your weaknesses. And so get in line with what your uh, what your weaknesses and strengths are. You can look up a bunch of free personality tests out there. 
disc myers briggs whatever there's a bunch of free ones out there or if you want to go next level it's work styles know your work styles so a, the difference between work styles and personality tests is that personality tests like disc focus on a number of things your trauma your education your social wealth your biology all these things play a factor in who you are like you could have a new trauma tomorrow and you're a different person. You could get yeah. drunk tonight. You're a different person. Yo, I got the truth. <laughs> right? But there's one, there's one part that does not change and that's your work style. Mm -hmm. If you hate puzzles and you get intoxicated, you still hate puzzles. Like you're not you're like, oh, screw puzzles, right? That's the thing. So uh, I would encourage anyone to do a work style survey or a personality test, anything like that. I have a free tool of my own that you can use. Uh, that's remoteceos.academy slash workstyles. And it's a free survey and you just do it and it'll tell you who you are. And then that way you can start leveraging a tool like that for your hiring processes and start getting rid of what you suck at or what you don't really enjoy doing, right? Because that tends to be the things that aren't natural to us. And guys, seriously, that changes a lot. Um, I've been digging into a lot of personality types and really getting kind of like that permission slip per se mm. for I'm best reactive. Put me on a stage, put me in front of people, bring on the issues. I will solve them all. That's mm -hmm. me. However, when you are community building, you need to be proactive. You need to get people to actually ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I just hired for that and we are working on that. Nice. So That's bringing cool. somebody on that has that trade of bringing people in to engage them, to ask the questions. I think all of us that that are educational and more reactive have that trouble of why don't you just freaking comment on my YouTube videos and ask the question? Why mm -hmm. aren't you coming into my Facebook group and asking the questions where you know you're going to get some yeah. serious answer rather than the drama on a public Facebook group? But that is a whole nother, no, whole nother soapbox. We are not going to get into this. <laughs> not today, guys. You know, you, you still... Instagram, <laughs> Instagram stories for my soapboxes. Trent, where can people find you? Yeah. I mean, they can find me over on my Instagram. That's at Instagram, uh, Trent Stonehouse, my name, T-R-E-N-T -E and then Stonehouse, S-T-O-N-E house. Or you can connect with me on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Trent Stonehouse. And then if you'd like to connect and look at my companies, that's just remoteceos.academy. And as always, guys, you're going to find all of the links in the show description, wherever you're watching, listening or reading. Trent, thanks so much for joining me today. This was way too much fun. I might going to have to have you on for a second episode at some point. Let's go. I'm in it. And guys, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank Bye, you everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks.